Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Queers at Play. I'm your host this week, Mark, and I am joined as always by Ruben. Hello. And Will. Meow meow. We'll kick off with some uh, usual quickfire news. Um, quite a few Nintendo announcements uh, in the last couple of weeks, considering we said, uh, I think in the last episode, that we won't hear anything more from Nintendo this year. Um, <laughs> we've managed to have a bunch of new Switch Online games, uh, a Super Nintendo World Direct, and a Nintendo Indie World Direct. Um, so starting with the new Switch Online games for SNES, finished the uh, Donkey Kong Country trilogy availability, which is nice. I mean, the third game is a piece of shit, but... Um, it's nice. It's nice to have them all together, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. It's good to have the trilogy for completeness. It's, it's, it's good to see the trajectory that that series went on. Well, it went from <laughs> the first one, which was pretty good, the second one, which was great, and then the third one, which was horrid. <laughs> you just see that nice little arc from the series. It's also the same as the difficulty curve; just goes up. Oh yeah, the third one. game's unnecessarily hard in places. It's ludicrously difficult on some levels. Um, um, but I like there's elements I like about it. I like the the way you get around the world map in the third game on the little on the little hoverboat thing. That's yes. a really nice little thing. Yeah, they kind of uh, made it a bit more open world in terms of map exploration because you could find little secrets as well. I seem to remember. Mm. This is true. Which um, is very nice. And Dixie's a great character. So yes. I'm glad she well, got I'm glad she came. Dixie is a really good character. This is true. And Baby Kong was basically just. I mean. They might as well just have had it be Donkey Kong. I don't know why <laughs> why they needed another character that was basically just Donkey Kong. Yeah, what are you going to do? Rare in the 90s. Fucking just, mad men. Just needed to invent hundreds and hundreds of new Donkey Kong characters for no real reason. Um, I can't really say much about the rest of the SNES games or the NES game that was released because I've never played no. any of them. No, but, I don't so, know them either. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think the thing to say, isn't it, is that they're getting more and more niche. The bottom of the barrel. So it'll be interesting to see what comes next. Um, it, will it be time for Nintendo to add another new set of things? I'd like to see... 64. <clears throat> I'd like to see to the Game Boy the Advance. Nintendo actually. Switch Online. Okay, that'd be good. Yeah, I Game think, Boy Advance I think, would be good. I think they've got a wealth of content on the Game Boy Advance, and I think... In, in a number of ways, Game Boy Advance games have aged a lot better than N64 games. Yeah, good because there was a lot of sprite art and stuff on the the Game Boy Advance that is is that bit more timeless in its style. Yeah, um, it'd be nice to see if they did Game Boy Advance. It would be nice to see actually just 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 a Game Boy one, all generations of Game Boy. Yeah, up for consideration. I mean, there was certainly give me, a give me access lot. to Super Mario Land two, six golden coins, and I will be a very happy boy. A lot of content across the three generations of Game Boys. I mean. Yeah, that would keep them busy with new games monthly for years to come, probably. Far less likelihood of scraping of the barrel for some time. Yeah, that's very true. And give me Golden Sun. Give me Golden Sun, Nintendo. Golden Sun and Golden Sun 2. And I can just lock myself away in RPG heaven. Metroid Zero Mission, please. <laughs> or Metroid Fusion. Um... Yes, and the, so there was also a Super Nintendo World Direct. So we got our first proper look at the Super Nintendo World opening at Universal Studios in Japan. And gosh, it looks adorable. It's Disneyland, but for Nintendo fans. Like I the amount of detail they've put, the amount of detail they put into everything and everything. attention is just insane. The, the little uh, bracelets that you use to kind of punch blocks to get coins and activate the uh, the activities as as uh, as they demonstrated and even like the f- the themed food mm. but like i said this before like japan does themed food really well like in general so i'm really not surprised that the food is this high tier at super yeah. nintendo mm-hmm. world at all although i was a little mm-hmm. bit concerned because you know the the restaurant was was toad's it's toad's restaurant and he's a chef but a lot of the food contained mushroom and i'm like are they are they eating Brethren, <laughs> is this, do, they, do they just serve them up for other people, or are they cannibalistic? I'm, I'm, I think I'm more willing to go with the latter. <laughs> isn't 
I might be mistaken, but canonically, isn't aren't all of the toads just wearing a hat? Yeah, I think I think <laughs> yes, I think that, that is canon. the case. I think they're not mushroom. They're not actually mushroom people. No, I don't. They all just wear identical hats for some unknown reason. Um, cultural. It's cultural. Or they're a cult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cult of Toad. <laughs> if Toad offers you any Kool Aid while you're at some. Super Nintendo World. Say no. <laughs> Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Um, I was going to say, I think it was apps that you made the Disney comparison, Ruben, because um, I don't know if I, either of you have watched the um, the story of Imagineering, I think it's called, on Disney+, Plus, which is all about how they make their theme parks. Um, but having watched that and seen kind of the attention to care that their, theme, their Imagineers, their theme park creators, take to their brands and their properties and how they translate them into a theme park, it makes total sense to me that, you know, Nintendo is the same the company that would that would want the same level of care taken with their brand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, would want everything to be just, just right and to be absolutely magical. Yep, it's I mean it's it's definitely uh speaking as like a huge Disney fan, it is definitely a thing at Disneyland. Uh I've not been to the the American park, so I can't claim for that, but like at Disneyland Paris, there's so many just very little touches that when if you were a kid at that park, you wouldn't notice. But it's an adult that mm-hmm. you just notice these little fine details. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that with Super Nintendo World, all of the memes that have come out about there's going to be kids running into that bomb portrait on the wall. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen because kids are stupid. Um, Although if, if my experience of, of theme parks tells me anything, it's that Whereas we've been shown it without the kind of like roped off bit that stops you getting to it, there will probably already be a roped off mm. bit in the, in the queuing area that stops you getting to it. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that's, I mean, not concerning, but it, it it's not huge and it looks like it's going to be absolute. I think I can imagine it's going to be absolutely rammed when that place opens. I mean, if not for coronavirus social distancing anyway. Um, so it will be interesting to see when they translate that to the American uh, Universal Studios, whether they, where they've got, just by sheer, I don't know, size of America, they've got a lot more space to work with with these theme parks. Whether they whether they create something that's as intimate and small, or whether they create something that's a lot bigger. Well, it'll be interesting as well. It's you know we mentioned, I think I mentioned last time that that um, they're supposedly considering a Donkey Kong expansion. Yeah. Already, which is you know not dissimilar from the way that Universal went about. Um, although you know we have to mention the world of Shihu must not be named. Um, went about creating um, the Hogwarts area and then creating the Diagonally area um, in Florida, you know, as a way of expanding what was a very popular but overcrowded area of the park. Yeah. So, you know, I think they know it's going to be it's going to be rammed to start with. And I think that's that's precisely why they've got plans to make it bigger. But they wanted to get it open as soon as they could. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That's fair. Um, and yeah, the other the other main bit of Nintendo news over the last uh, couple of weeks or so was the Nintendo Indie World. But we'll come to that a little bit later. Um, oh, wait, no, there was one other bit of Nintendo news. I've almost almost completely forgot about uh, Smash news. Yeah. But I might defer to Ruben on this because this is his area of expertise. I mean, there's not much more I can add to it that I didn't say during the during him being announced. I mean, he's now out in the wild. Pretty fun character to play. Disastrously OP at this point. Um, <laughs> so I wonder whether that's going to get uh, negated or draw, or kind of stripped back as as time goes forward. Um, but like with Sethroth being added, like the Smash is just continuing its tradition of really fucking anyone could be in this game now um, because like although there's like Sakurai mentioned himself that there's a lot of licensing issues when it comes to getting get, getting characters um, from other companies, other franchises into your game. It appears that just everyone wants to have a character in Smash. So mm-hmm. they're yeah. getting like easy deals, it seems, on any licensing to do with these things. People just want to yeah. be... Because this... Realistically, this is the last Smash that can be like this. Yeah, like... I I, I was thinking about this the other day and thinking how how do you how do you move on from this on a next you know Nintendo's next generation console you can't you just no. can't there's there's no way like and every single time he's done it I, I don't know how but every single time he's done it I guess it's the power of the brand of that franchise in particular but like when Smash 
brawl landed and it had all the characters in it me and my friends were just like there's no way they could beat this roster yeah. and well, then smash well, 4 came out forget. and then smash 4 was just like here have fucking cloud and we were just like <laughs> yeah. there's no way they could beat this for the next one and then like ultimates come along and they're just like not only is every character from before coming back but here <laughs> here's like banjo fucking kazooie and it's like okay like uh, like i know i say it every time but how are they going to beat that how could they possibly beat this well, let's never forget that when they announced Smash Ultimate, you know, they announced it with that big everyone is here announcement. Um, they said as a result not to expect too many new characters. And now they've gone and added more new characters than any other entry of Smash has ever had. <laughs> um, so, you know, but it keeps selling. They've made so a, they're gonna... a bit of a rod for their own backs, maybe. But then I assume, you know, uh, will we perhaps see a bit more of, um, you know, Smash as... Um, Smash as a service game, you know, will will they want to be porting Smash Ultimate to whatever comes next and, and building and iterating rather than trying to start from scratch all over again? The thing is, though, would they be able to? Like, we don't know how far these licenses that they have for these characters mm. go as to whether there could... Definitely, it might be an issue with yeah. the license, some of the licenses. Whether they yeah. could actually bring <clears throat> Smash Ultimate onto the next generation of whatever Nintendo does or, or whether it would have to miss characters because of licensing issues. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you think about it, if it if it came to a next generation console, but using some kind of backwards compatibility mode, like like like, but if Nintendo have to do development work to provide that, it's it's a weird situation. I think hmm. when you're talking about that kind of licensing. Yeah, I mean, it's basically. I think like if they want if they want to keep adding characters, then you know, not having to spend so long on the the core code of the game all over again. Is, is going to benefit them, but time will tell. Yep, we'll see what we'll see what they do next. I mean, Sakurai always says never again, <laughs> and then does foolish things like Smash Ultimate. So maybe he'll take a break and do something else next. That'll be nice. A new Kid Icarus game. If you're out for suggestions, <laughs> I don't know if that ship has sailed. Yeah, better fucking not have. Like. Kid Icarus Uprising was a great game. This is very true. And I'm sure he'll want some kind of uh, palate cleanser before he considers yeah, considers moving on to another Smash game. Mm. Before he makes Sat Smash Super Hyper Ultimate Extra. Or maybe, or whatever they or maybe they'll just like it. strip it right back to basics. Reinvent some of the... Uh, Smash Classic. Yeah, yeah. Smash Classic. Yeah. You cunts were complaining that there were too many sword characters here. Have six characters. That's all you're fucking getting. Six characters in four stages. <laughs> six six characters that are all sword characters. <laughs> just, just Fire Emblem. That's it. Super Smash Super, Brothers Fire Super Emblem. Smash Brothers edition. Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you get. Ev- everyone is here who's ever been in a Fire Emblem. <laughs> I'd buy it. this is true you would buy it and well certainly that would make the licensing a lot easier yeah true especially see as like definitely intelligence systems or a second party like yeah so yeah um glorious yeah so let's uh let's move on to some of the uh kind of small scandals that have happened in the last couple of weeks um yay this is scandal time (laughs) It's a little unknown game, um, Cyberpunk. I think it's called. I don't know. The, I don't think. I don't think we've mentioned it, but there seems to have been some issues with it. I mean, I have to say, before we actually get onto the scandal stuff, my favourite thing about Cyberpunk from the past two weeks is I don't know if either of you have seen the clip of Jane Hill on BBC News Channel talking about Cyberpunk. I have seen this. Um, yes. I will send it to you if you haven't seen it, and people go and look at my Twitter. I'll pin it so you can find it. Um, it's brilliant. She's an she's an awesome. She's actually an awesome news reader. She's really lovely and genuine. And um, one of us, um, openly gay woman, um, and she was she was reading the news about cyberpunk and just the sass, <laughs> like the sass in the tone of her voice, the eye roll she does at the end. It's all just like perfect. Um, and that just shows. I think you know. Actually, the big story really of cyberpunk in the last two weeks. It's is it's gone mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw someone tweeting as well saying that their mum had sent them a text message saying, what's all this about this cyberpunk thing? <laughs> you know, they've they've gone from 
they're being damaged within the market of people who know what they're talking about to everyone knows they're everyone's heard of the scandal yeah i my, yeah. I, I, I got my hair cut the other day my hairdresser mentioned cyberpunk like it's it, it imagine imagine making so much of a fucking mistake that people mm-hmm. who have no fucking clue what it is you do know mm-hmm. what a mistake you've made like the last people to do this was ea with battlefront 2 where and even that wasn't to quite the same level that this is no not at all <laughs> Um, um, I mean, I, although I have to say, I have enjoyed watching the videos of some of the bugs. I mean, they're quite amusing. <laughs> oh, that one you sent the other day was hilarious. Was, oh, that the one? One? was that was that the one where she was just randomly riding around on the motorcycle, then suddenly she died for no good reason and was flung up in the sky? Was it that? Yeah, one? yeah, yeah. The, the screen like the screen like glows goes black, and then when it cuts back, she's just like skydiving back down upon the city, <laughs> presumably because all of those shots we've seen of. Of cars being flung up in the air. That's what happens to it. <laughs> oh yeah, that that, that 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 thing where it wasn't actually a bug. That because there was no AI for the vehicles, they just had them just vanish when you look away. Yeah, yeah. and, and so it happens just, to pedestrians as well. Actually, just yeah. If you if you shoot in into a crowd and they start cowering, you can just turn around and then turn back around. And they've all just disappeared. Just um, it's really uncanny valley stuff. And the 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 thing with. And, and I said this. I said this in our in, in in our group chat that we have about this podcast. This game has been the game that's just kept on giving, in terms of content. We're we're on we're on the second we're on the second podcast in which we have a segment devoted to cyberpunk, and we have had constant content between the last recording yep. and this recording of new shit that's happened. Um, yeah. Whether it be the company, or whether it be the game, or whether it be the marketing, there's been something. Almost the hilarious day. thing about the the save files that are corrupting, where support's response is just collect less things <laughs> and craft less things, <laughs> and it's like, an eight megabyte limit what? on the save file. And, is, um... and yeah, we'll we'll discuss about whether we might remove the, the the limit on the save file. So it was a conscious decision. They like consciously chose to limit their save file. I mean, I'm, it's not a bug; it's a choice. It is. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some weird technical reason why they went right. Nobody's ever going to reach a save game file for eight meg, so let's make that the limit. I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure at some point somebody thought that's fine, and just didn't expect people to craft so many items that it would create such a problem. But there it is. But they did it while also advertising a game in which you can pick up and interact with more or less anything that you want yes to. well what were they expecting mm, to happen who knows in that big open world rpg i wonder what people often do a lot of in those in those games hmm. just um i mean the the, the the there's been so there's been so fucking much with this game um but the the thing that I found most telling, and it's on our list as well. So I, I think we can all di- all chip in on something on this. Was the fact that it was removed from sale by Sony? Yeah, there yeah. is. I mean, that's that's a big. There is some take. broken shit on that store. I mean, if if anyone if anyone <laughs> if, if, if either of you haven't seen gameplay footage of it, and if anyone listening to this podcast hasn't watched gameplay footage of it, go and watch Life of Black Tiger, which is on the PlayStation Store, and tell me that that game. Is, and tell me that that game still deserves to be on the fucking <laughs> store. It's a I have seen mess. videos. I have seen videos of that game, and you're quite right. It is a hot mess, and yet it's still there. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that it's had anywhere near the sales, visibility, or controversy of Cyberpunk, which is probably why it's kind of flown under the radar a bit. Mm. But there is kind of a level of infamacy about that game. Um, but it's just Cyberpunk just beats it. I mean, I mean, let's be, let's be frank. The main re- the, the like, the, the reason why it was removed from sale more than likely isn't the bugs, because there is enough buggy games on the PS on the PlayStation Store. It well, was the and, refunds. And also, as I've seen, as I've seen um, a friend pointing out on Twitter, who used to work in development, no longer. Well, he's he's still a developer. He's no longer in games development. Um, I saw him pointing out. You know, actually, they approved this. Mm-hmm in the first place so either you know either they thought it was okay as it was given to them or 
um, they believed that, which is foolish, that CDPR would be able to deliver patches substantially. My, I mean, my understanding from what I read is that they approved it on the basis that CD Projekt Red would have the issues fixed for launch. Um, but as you know, I think ne- neither Sony nor Microsoft are entirely blameless for this situation. They oh, should, no. they should absolutely you know, have they sh- policies in place to make sure that games mm. that are released on disc, that are printed on disc, are of a high enough level of quality. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, can- and it's, it also comes down to, you know, fine, but surely someone must have been looking at it and going, there's no way they can patch all of this in the time that they've got. Like, to just believe that it was all going to be patched is just living in... in- in the same cloud cuckoo land that CDPR seemed to be living. Well, this is also possibly true. The chances are, though, is um, that there was, like like any corporation, there probably was someone who did point that out. And probably and, somebody uh, went, it's and, too late now. It's just yeah, it's, it either, either when it's too late or because they were just a mere QA, like they were just yeah. pushed aside with their opinion. Like yeah. the chances are somebody did notice this. Um, um, I'd also like to read the, the IGN review. Of Cyberpunk. Oh, this is uh, the original review. The one of the PC is where we're starting. Now actually carries two different editor notes, um, which I think is also quite telling. Editor note number one: We've replaced the video version of this review with one that uses gameplay footage recorded on the PC build of Cyberpunk 2077 instead of the trailers we had to use previously due to CD Projekt Red's release pre-release restrictions. I can't read today. The content of the review itself is identical but the gameplay now more closely represents the experience we had while playing. <laughs> um, and then Editor's Note 2 is about their separate review for um, Xbox One and PlayStation 4, to which to which they gave the game 4 out of 10. Which I, I read... Not to buy it and seek a refund if they possibly I could. did love that review. Don't buy this, it's horribly broken. 4 out of 10. That was basically the review. And also, going back going back, going back back to the point, I mean, it's, that, that's the reason it's removed from Sony. It's those refunds. Like... Mm. Especially seen as naughty fucking CDPR saying that you could go and get a refund if you wanted, which they then had to retract because they had no such agreement with Sony and Microsoft for those refunds to be put through. I mean, thankfully, for the sake of CDPR, uh, which they don't deserve, uh, Sony and Microsoft are now allowing refunds. I think um, the thing is, though, they. I think Microsoft and Sony were backed into a corner there. I think it was for the sake of their own reputation that they had to do yeah. that, not just. Yeah, they don't want. To, they don't want to get the iron yeah. of people who bought on their stores. They they need their customers to to stay. Happy so with that them. was a happy coincidence for CD Projekt Red that they were happy that they decided to do that. But that was definitely just for their own. Mm. Uh, but also, it's you know, it it seemed very much like it was Sony's decision and the audacity of the statement from CD Projekt Red where they vaguely tried to make it sound like they were involved in that decision where, it, where what they actually said was following a call, our call with Sony, it has been removed from sale. It doesn't say, you know, we have decided with Sony. It says we had a phone call and now it's no longer being sold. Mm-hmm. Um, which smacks of CD Projekt Red saying, please don't take this off sale. Well, CDPR are, for all of their... I mean, this isn't a particular positive, but for all of their negatives, um, they have been incredibly clever with the wording of all of their statements. I mean, that's a very minor positive, if it is a positive. Um, I mean, the one that sat very poorly with me was when they said in the refund, it was in the refund statement, um, that um, they said um, that refunds were now available for uh, players that weren't willing to wait for the yeah. repairs and i'm just yeah. like you can't place this on the consumer this was fucking you yeah. um yeah and then also very tellingly that's the only statement that's come out of cdpr about this whole mess that wasn't signed by the board i don't know if you yeah. noticed that i um, i did notice that um i also i can't remember if, if i shared this analogy with you but it's the analogy that uh, mark my husband came up with when we were talking about it i think before we recorded the last episode so whether or not it came up i don't know he was saying um you know it's like buying a car and the car being delivered and it missing it's missing several pedals and a steering wheel and it hasn't got wheels on it yet or whatever and the company says to you oh but it's all right we'll give you those in six months time yeah you would not be happy they have not delivered you a car (laughs) they have delivered you some kind of broken thing that one day may be a car um 
and you should not be you would not be willing to wait in other circumstances in, in other types of products you would say no i want what i bought thank you very much give me all my money back mm-hmm. um it's the whole it's, the whole thing just like the gift that keeps on giving. I look forward to discussing it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, see what, it's, something, something, something else is going to rustle up for us by then. I um, mean, at the same time, I'm also looking forward to never having to talk about it again. Yeah, well said. <laughs> yeah, um, but like the last, the literally the last thing I have to say on this uh, for now, at least, um, is this is a masterclass in how to piss goodwill up the wall, though. Like, yeah, because yeah, the thing they, is, I mean, the, previously, you know. The Witcher Three launched with some problems, but it's a beloved game. They also own the the the, the GOG Good Old Games platform, which sells you know a lot of games at reasonable prices and for the PC. And also, they're all um, DRM free. So you know they did have a lot of goodwill, and they've managed to just fuck that up completely. And I've been I've very happily been a GOG customer in customer in the past, and I never realised. And when I read that, I felt a bit dirty. <laughs> Uh, which says everything about this scandal, I think. Um, you know, I think the thing to bear in mind, you know, in comparison to other games like The Witcher or like when um, when Bioware releases something that's a mess, you know, or any of these things, is it's like this goes so far beyond that. And what people are really angry about, they're not angry about the game being a buggy mess. They're angry about the lying. They're angry about the deception. They're angry about a company that has deliberately tried to pull the wool over everyone's eyes to sell a product that they know is so broken that it does not deserve to be on sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has just that's, taken that's it to the an anger. extreme. Like it's, yeah, it's not we've launched something that's buggy. It's it's We knew it was buggy as hell and it wasn't acceptable and we banned reviewers from being able to use actual footage of the game and we didn't let them have copies of xbox one and playstation 4 so that people wouldn't be able to see negative reviews before they could buy it and 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 mm-hmm. um and it's backfired on them spectacularly as it deserved to so uh let's move on to some some happier news uh ruben i'm sure you were very happy about the uh the latest hades update cross save baby yeah it's i mean like i don't honestly have much to say on it it's just the fact this is a great call this was something that they actually did say was mm-hmm. going to be a day one thing, but they just couldn't make it technically work. And now they have. So, yeah, great. Um, I haven't yet done it, so I don't know how easy it is to do. Because um, I still, I just play on Switch at the moment, so there's no real point transferring the save over. Uh, but I'll definitely be transferring the Switch save over because I'm far more fucking successful. <laughs> um, my my win ratio on Switch is far better than my win ratio on Steam. Um but yeah, like it's just a great call to be able to those that have double dipped on the game, like myself, um, have the opportunity to just play across both platforms. And yeah. if they can get that to work across all platforms, if they release it on others, fantastic, even more. That would be even better. Um, moving on from that, um, Immortals: Phoenix Rising already down to almost half price. Yeah, second week. Yeah, this is. It's been out two weeks. weeks. This is the this is the, the non cyberpunk place in which early adopters are feeling exceptionally burned. Mm. Yeah, um, of late, um, with good cause because it's half price in week two. There are people who paid double that less than like two weeks ago, who are now looking at this this game at rock bottom. And who knows to what extent it's been driven by retailers? To, I mean, there must have been some kind of change in the wholesale price for them to to be able to contemplate putting it quite that low. I mean, the lowest was um, shot too, and I think it was less than half price, actually. I think it was like 23.50 or something, and its retail is 50. So um, that, that, that it was just a insane thing to see that game be that cheap so soon. Yeah. yeah. And I know, and it feels I, like, know it feels like... I know Ubisoft have a lot of controversy, but I think it's also not as widely reported or is known about um so i can't imagine you know they must have dropped the price because of low sales i mean that's the only real reason i can think that they've done that which is a shame because that controversy aside it seems to have been a pretty well received and well-reviewed game yeah but it i mean it also it's such a it feels to me like such a short-sighted thing to yeah. do because you've burned a lot of people who are now thinking well i'm not going to buy an ubisoft game on day one no um 
and not because they think that it's it's a scummy company that is is still not managing to adequately deal with its abuse for, abuse allegations, but because they know that if they don't buy it in two three weeks, they can get it for a fraction of the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there goes your revenue as a company. It's just a stupid thing to do. It's the anti Nintendo. You know, Nintendo will hold that price at that price forever. Ubisoft seems to just be a race to the. It's bottom. like how quickly can we get this down in price? But on the other hand, I guess they've. At some point, they've obviously crunched the numbers and gone, we can still make a profit on this eventually. Maybe it's, you know, they're thinking, if we sell three or four times the number of copies at half the price, we make more profit than selling much fewer copies at the higher price. I don't know. Uh, Especially, you know, this close to Christmas, people are going to go into the store, they're going to see brand new game, it's quite cheap, lots of people are going to buy it, probably on impulse. Maybe maybe it is it's just, not that one that's got all that control. Yeah, exactly. To it. Maybe it was very Little much. Jimmy will love this one. Maybe it's very much a calculated uh, price drop on their half on their behalf. Um, yeah, but this is the time of year for getting a lot of gaming bargains. Um, for anybody that has a PC, uh, Epic Game Store currently are giving away a free game every day for the next uh, well for the next ten days now. I think. And there have been some pretty good giveaways on there. I've picked up uh, Alien Isolation for free. Um, I believe uh, Torchlight 2 is coming later down the line. Um, yeah, it's just a nice little thing if you don't mind having an extra launcher on your PC to get some actually pretty good games for free. I'm still arming and ahhing over it, if I'm honest, just simply because another launcher. I just... Uh... Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. It sits. It installs. I. I only run it when I want to play the game that's on that launch, or I don't have it launch with the um, with the uh, PC. And also, you know, I think the nice. I guess the nice thing about the PC is the fact that it is an open platform means that you have competition in those gaming marketplaces. Um, so you do get these kinds of deals where you've got Epic kind of fighting against Steam in terms of trying to get sales and you know, drive those, you know, not that it's necessarily great for the publishers or the developers that the prices are being driven down, but as a consumer, great. Free games, cheap and games. So, certainly, Ruben, I don't know if there are there are um, other solutions out there, but I was just looking at my, because I use a Razer, um, I've got Razer Cortex, which always gives me at my, my fingertips the last four games that I've played. It doesn't matter which launcher they're in. I, it will just go and launch them for me. Um, so there might be stuff out there that will. Well, I mean, I know Steam does it. You, you can add you. you can add non-Steam shortcuts into Steam and have all of the games from other platforms in one place as well. So yeah, but it's. Um... Uh, can I talk about a, a brilliant deal at the moment? Oh. Um, which is that um, I mean, obviously, first of all, you should be doing the free trial up to level sixty, but Final Fantasy fourteen is fifty percent off. Um, what are you waiting for? Just go and just go and play it. It's free. It's free to level sixty. That's like it's like three months worth of content right there. <laughs> yeah, and then and, okay, and then another three of, months yeah. for like twenty two quid. <laughs> Nothing bargain. I mean, also, are we really saying it's only? To, I mean, like that content that you've then paid twenty two quid for as well is like. I mean, I think I'm past fifteen hundred hours now. Oh, I'm on, yeah. I'm I'm on like eighteen hundred hours. Yeah. And what I've been playing about eighteen months on all the level of content that's currently available. Obviously, obviously with 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 patch start new content that's been added, new free content. Um, it's a it's a lot of content, people. So pivoting back to a little controversy. Um... This is something that you added in, Will. The uh, the, the uh-huh. US bill that t- today is probably going to pass in terms of coronavirus relief also contains a couple of uh, sneaky little additions regarding uh, streaming. Yeah, and regarding copyright. So there are a couple of a couple of bills that have been attached to it about copyright, um, including one that specifically makes it a felony to do unlicensed streaming. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of concern in the streaming community about what this is going to mean in practice. Um, it's as we were discussing before we came on. It's a bill that, because it has to pass, um, America is weird basically, but because this bill has to pass, anyone can attach anything they want to it and know that it's basically just going to get through. 
because this coronavirus relief bill is, is so important to get passed. So uh, the bill itself, the coronavirus relief bill is 5,000 pages long, hasn't properly been scrutinized by anyone. Um, and these copyright measures are sailing through and streamers are rightly somewhat concerned about what this is going to mean for them if they inadvertently stream stuff that's got licensed music in it, for example. Um, it's also just very strange to see a country elevating um, copyright infringement from from civil law to criminal law. It's it's an odd thing to do, but yes, you could possibly go to prison for streaming something you're not allowed to stream. Which is ludicrous. What a fucking weird country. Yes. Um, I also read. I also read there was there's a group um, that was actually in, no, I think not in the article I sent. I think in a different article. There's a group that's saying that actually they, you know, they don't think this is really going to do much to, to stop the actual main offenders, um, when it comes to to copyright infringement because the main offenders are going to have, um, legal and regulatory departments who understand what it is they need to do when they've streamed something they're not allowed to stream. Uh, whereas, you know, Joe Public is not going to know that you have to write to someone and do X, Y, and Z to avoid your $70,000 fine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it will be interesting. Everyone's kind of waiting to see how enforceable it is. And what exactly falls okay. out of this. Um, yeah. So as as we, as we I was kind of putting the, the rundown of this uh, particular episode together, I was, I was racking my brains thinking to myself, how can I get Jeff Keighley into this? And then I remembered that uh, Ruben and I played the uh, Back for Blood Alpha at the weekend, um, which, as we spoke about in the last episode, was announced at the Game Awards. <laughs> Do we have to get Keely into every episode? Yes, it's my it's my new challenge. <laughs> um, yeah, Back for Blood. I was I went into it so skeptical, and I came out of it so pleased with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. So for anybody that's not aware, uh, it's it's basically a, a four-player co-op shooter uh, where you, you, you basically, as a, as a group of four, have to get from point A to point B whilst constantly being hounded by just hundreds and hundreds of zombies. And it's just a lot of fun. Um, if anybody's played the Le- uh, Left 4 Dead games, it's basically a spiritual successor to that. It's made by the same development team. Um, yeah, and we, we've played it, what, three times over the weekend? Or yep. two times over three the times. weekend? Um, and yeah, it's we just really, really enjoyed it. It sounds good. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to, to give it a try yeah, um, uh, further down the line. Hopefully, you know, it, so it was available very briefly for four days as a, as a alpha um, build. Um, you know, maybe at some point down the line, if it comes back as a beta or something. Um, yeah, I'd expect if they specifically called it an alpha, I'd expect there's going to be another round of presumably to test servers more and, yeah. and stuff at that point. Yeah. Then, um, and also, I guess you know they were asking for a lot of feedback about some of the um, mechanics and things that they'd put into the game. So if they start tweaking those, they might they might look for another round of feedback. So yeah, if it comes back again, see if the tweaks have worked and they've been better received. Yes, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so how about we move on to Backlog Bingo? Yep. Totally should. <laughs> More excitement, please. Anyone has ever sounded about Backlog Bingo. <laughs> Yay! Yay! That's the so. least excited. Will, um, you were tasked yes. last week with playing Hollow Knight. Yep. How was that? So I think first of all, the thing to say is I was... I approached Hollow Knight with some apprehension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that does come down to the fact, Mark, that I had put Hollow Knight on my list and we discussed it way back when in that very, very first episode. Uh, we talked about what was on our list and you were like... Hollow Knight. Oh, you've picked Hollow Knight. Oh, <laughs> it's a very. Mm. Um, and that's made me um, a bit more apprehensive than maybe I would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing to say, which you know, which I guess I already knew from looking at it from the outside, but was very obvious very very quickly, is it's a beautiful game. Yes, like that art style is is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can um, I just ask? Sorry, what which platform did you play it on? Switch. Okay. 
I got I got it physically on Spectrum. Okay. Um, uh, that art style is beautiful. That world seems really um, haunting. Yeah, there's a very melancholic foreboding. kind of kind of creepiness to it. Yeah, especially when you you um, you exit that little um, tutorial area into Dirtmouth, mm-hmm. um, this kind of rundown town, and there's just like the mayor stood there looking absolutely miserable, and you're just kind of being illuminated by the light of the street lamps, and it's just all ooh, um, it's a bit chilling. Um, but uh, you know, so I set off, um, I started exploring. I know it's a Metroidvania, so I was was happily exploring at first i found uh, the exploration very frustrating mm-hmm. it does have to be said um and that i am now entirely aware is because i didn't get the map until later <laughs> <laughs> but i didn't have the map but what i did get in my physical set is a um i don't actually don't think i have it i think it's another room um, a fold out paper map um that is more um artistic and loose in its approach to how things match up to the world. And I was staring at it and trying to work out how to get from A to B. So wandering around a bit, um, found the map guy. Um, when I found the guy with the maps, um, things became a lot easier. And I actually did also then manage to go and buy the quill, mm-hmm. um, which means that I can make my own map as I go. Every time I save, or every time I die, it just updates the map with what I found. Um, and I've got all of the tokens that I can buy, at least so far. So the map is kind of filling itself out with all sorts of markers so I can see what is where um, as I explore. Um, and actually I find, in a way, that is encouraging exploration much more than than I have done in previous Metroidvanias. Okay. I actually find, having not liked it to start with, because I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing, um, now having a map that, that seems to be working quite well for me and is quite easily showing you've explored here you haven't gone beyond this room you know so i can go and seek out a room that i've been in and try the exit that i've not tried and see where it leads me to um that is good um i guess the other thing that i definitely had some foreboding about is difficulty because i've heard a lot of people say things about difficulty um i do know that i did already know one thing that i heard someone say back when it originally came out um, that they didn't realise that made the game much more difficult, which is that you can sit on a bench to say. <laughs> uh, yes. I can only imagine how difficult it would be without ever sitting on a bench to save. Um, but I have, I've um, completed the first area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got to and beaten the first boss, which I'm very proud of. Uh, it probably took me six to eight tries to get past the boss, yeah. which I think is also not... Um, Shameful. No. I think I'll, I'll take that quite happily, but I'm also where it's the first boss. Yeah, they get much trickier um, from there. So it's, it's early days, so I don't know how difficult it is going to get. Um, I'm going to see about that. Um, I really quite enjoy the platforming elements. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's not a surprise to anyone that I like platforming. Um, so at the moment, I'm still having a relatively good time. Okay. Kind of saying it tentatively. What I don't know is is as that difficulty curve starts to take off, the further I make it into area two, um, how I'm going to continue getting on with it and whether I might start throwing it across the room in utter frustration. Um, I guess that's kind of the unanswered question because I really only have had the four hours. Yeah. Um, because as I have explained to the quiz at play, I suddenly remembered on Sunday night that I'd not played it at all and I really had to. <laughs> um, so I've got my you know required four hours in to be able to talk about it. But... Um, and, and and if you know if I do start doing that and I do start feeling that way about it, I think I'll be coming much more to an assessment like Ruben came to um, last week about Celeste. That it will be a game that I'll be saying it's not for me if that's the choice I make. But I can clearly see it's an excellent, it's example. a well-made game. It's a fun game. You know, it's just whether or not it will be for me in the end. Oh, I also really love um, that risk reward of of having to hold down A to recharge my health using the souls that I've collected especially in the middle of a boss when you're trying to make sure make sure you're not getting hit but also make sure you're you're getting a moment to be able to get your health back up without getting hit because obviously if you do it and then get hit in the process it's been a completely foolish exercise yeah. that's kind of where I'm at at the moment I think that's a fair that's a fair assessment of the game up to the point that you're at hey so you're you're at the moment intending to kind of stick with it a bit longer I think probably yeah well, I mean, we'll see. I also said I thought I would play three houses for a bit longer and I've not touched it ever again since. <laughs> so I think we'll see what happens. Um, I could kind of see myself... Yeah, I, I want to 
try a bit of the next area, see how I get on for sure. Try and make it up to another boss. Yeah. I think um, Reuben died a little bit inside when you said you hadn't gone back to three houses. A little bit. Um, but like, in terms of Hollow Knight, uh, I don't really have much more to add that you didn't already say. Because um, you, you, you mentioned the world and the fact it's it's incredibly haunting and foreboding. Um, the the uh, the map guy. Once you once you realise, because like there is there are so many cues that that map guy exists. Um, but it's it, it's whether you realise those cues are kind of pointing you towards that. Because he hums. You oh, can hear I... him humming. Um, oh, okay, fine. I was going to say, because I'd found right at the beginning, when I was in uh, Dirtmouth, I like read the sign on the door of the shop that his wife then opened, and it mentioned like maps, so I was always like, that clearly something exists that mm. I've not found yet. Um, but yeah, you, like the, there's that very clear sound cue that the map guy is nearby, because you can hear him humming uh, if you're in the vicinity of him. Whether you can reach him in that area or not, you can hear that he's nearby. Um, yep. so that's that, that's really cool um, the recharging thing that is it's, it, it's very similar in a way to the way Dark Souls works where you have to kind of wait for a good opening to be able to heal um, I have heard about that in Dark Souls so it did make me think it was Dark Souls-esque um, I mean one thing you didn't mention is the, the, the very risk reward um, if you die returning and defeating yourself yeah um which although I, fa- I mean i found like it's not that hard to defeat yourself no the, the uh, difficulty it's, it's whether it's it, the question is is how difficult is it to get back to yeah. You, yeah where it is that you've died and i guess i've seen i've seen another metroidvania that has done something uh not dissimilar which is um jedi whatever it's called star wars jedi Fallen Fallen order, order. Yeah. um and actually in that i found it a lot more punishing trying to get back to where i was then I have thus far found it in this. But again, it comes with a caveat. Yeah, of later in the game, thus far, the the save areas are, you know, a bit further apart, and and what's between those save areas is much more difficult. I mean, so does... you can you know you can get to points where you're one room away from where the next save is, die, and go all the way back, and then have to do all of that difficult traversal, and then still have all over to, again. and then have to beat yep. yourself again. And then get past whatever it was that killed you the first time. I know this is just going off, but who am I missing? <laughs> having to beat yourself again. I mean, it does um, it does balance itself out by having quite a lot of shortcuts later on that you can use to get between save points. Um, yeah. yeah, and I noticed that I noticed that you know as, as I was progressing, I've noticed I've already started finding switches and opening up gates and opening up new routes. Um, I've already found one of the um, I can't remember what type of animal it was that I can ride on the back of, but I've already found one of the stations so I can move between Dirtmouth and and whichever station it is I've unlocked, which is actually not far from the first boss. Mm, yeah. Um, so I was able to, you know, and use that as a save point, so I was able to keep trying from there to get to the first boss every time that I died at the first boss. Um, yeah, I mean, you've, you, I mean, you've got some, you've got some interesting combat shit coming your way as well. The combat really starts to I don't open know. out with new abilities and stuff. So, um, yeah, because I've got the f- my first new ability. I've already got. I've got the like, the like, magic blast yeah. thing, and um, for want of a different thing to call it. Um, I mean, the... and I expect to find others. And I found areas that I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm pretty sure I've seen footage of wall jumping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I found an area that definitely was like, oh, I can't go up there yet because it's just spikes and it's a like a two walls next to each other. And I'm like, okay, so I'm starting to find yeah. some areas that might be interesting to go back to when I'm able. That's to. a mark of a good. That's a mark of a good um, Metroidvania, anyway. Telegraphing these part these points you need to come back to later in a really obvious way. Um, I mean the the and, well, and yeah, and as I said, it was so nice having a map that literally shows. I'm mapping it out and it's showing what I have and haven't explored which means actually i can just see that there's a room that i've not you know there's a room off the side here that i've not visited and there must be a reason why i didn't visit that room because i've i checked all of them very methodically um which i know and again to go back to mentioning the other metroidvania i've played this year star wars jedi fallen order um you know it's map did a far less good job of helping me navigate around an area that i'm trying to explore and find things than than this did i think um yeah i think the trouble is 3d maps are a lot harder to um to read oh, definitely. Um, and put together. 
But I think certainly with Jedi Fallen Order, I did find that um, at least it highlighted things in red, like obstacles. It, it highlighted in red on the map that you hadn't gone past. Oh no, red was you couldn't go past it. And it showed, yeah, it showed you... insurpassable and surpassable obstacles. Obstacles differently, so when you went back to an area, you could just go fine. I can get through that door. Yeah. Now I can get through. So that, at least, that door at least it did highlight um, kind of newly traversable areas, which is quite handy. So that was Hollow Knight. Um, this week, Ruben is picking a game for me. I am indeed. Uh, would you like to refresh the audience on what's left on your? Yeah. So the things list? left on my backlog bingo are. Uh, the Sims 4, Tacoma, Hellblade, Crosscode, The Last Guardian, Tell Me Why, and The Gardens Between. See, I've only played one of the remaining games on your on your list. Um, but I kind of want to get you to play a game that I haven't played. Okay. Just, just to see whether I would actually like it in the end. Um, so what I would like you to play for the next episode is The Gardens Between. Okay. I'm, I, that's one of the ones that I was, uh, kind of most excited to play. I've heard really good things about it. Mm. So I am looking forward to giving that a go. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's, it's, it's a game that I'm, I've heard lots of good things about as well. It's just, it's not something I want to take a punt on unless I know it's worth it. So therefore <laughs> your opinion will decide it for me. <laughs> you. You're going to let Mark be the yeah, pig. That's how it works. Excellent. Well, I shall let you know in two weeks' time. Let's just hope that um, two weeks later, Mark isn't having to add disclaimers <laughs> to his review to um, to explain the conditions under which he was made to conduct. <laughs> right. So the final uh, kind of big piece of news for this episode is the Nintendo Indie World Direct. Um where well i mean it was it was a surprise i think i think it's fair to say that nintendo put one of these out so late in the year so close to christmas i mean we i mean yeah we did i guess just... they also kind Sorry. of go on go on well they also kind of led us down a false path almost because although they were very accurate when they stated that their last um partner direct was their last partner direct of the year i think we there all thought we therefore were all like, oh, we're not going to hear anything. And lo and behold, along comes an indie world. Yeah. Um, they've just used a different brand. Smaller games. Fine. You know, it's it's just taking people by surprise, I think. I mean, we were... And I, and I, like, I don't know that they've ever done a direct in December before of any kind. I mean, I, I might be misremembering, but... Well, usually they'd be, like, knee-deep in their release schedule by now. Exactly, yeah. For yeah. December. Um, but I guess of the, you know of the types of the types of content things to do in December, an indie world showcase is, is kind of the most more sensible one because they're things that tend to be less hyped up massively in advance. They've yeah. got a bit of room to breathe because we all know about all of not that there are many of them, but we all know about all the new releases. Yeah, you know, and yeah, they're not going to take away from their big releases. Exactly. So was there was there anything in that list that kind of stood out to you guys that you? Um, there's something that stood out to me um, for for very obvious reasons to anyone who uh, watches me on Twitch or follows any of us on Twitter. Um, Fisty Fluffs mm-hmm. um, looks like such an adorable game, and I can't wait for us to play it on stream. It looks so dumb. I think it's going to be amazing. I, I I agree. Like it looks so daft, so completely and utterly daft. Um, but yeah, the moment I saw that, I was like, well, there's a game for us to play at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Catboy Party playing a cat brawler. Perfect. Fucking typical. Um, I'd like to um, highlight, I th- I really hope I pronounce this right, Tunky? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if the pronunciation is right, but yes, I know which game you mean. Um, I know it wasn't pronounced the way it looked, so I've just gone with some a, a pronunciation that isn't the way it looks. Um, I like brawler games like that anyway, like Streets mm-hmm. of Rage and stuff like that. So, um, a kind of it's set in the Amazon rainforest, isn't it? And uh, has characters very archetypal of that location, so it's quite good for representation and uh, representation. And the 
it looks really fun. Like it looks like it's got an, enough enough depth to the combat, and also it's got the local and uh, I think online multiplayer as well. So yeah, it's a game that I'm definitely going to at least check out if I don't um, purchase. Mm-hmm. And I think Will, you um, were you were quite interested in Grindstone, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The other one that's caught my eye is Grindstone. Uh, I do love a puzzle game. Um, I've already bought it. I've downloaded it. I've not played it yet. Um, but I have had um, friends tell me that they really like Grindstone, so I'm looking forward to to digging into that. It also apparently there's going to be a physical edition, which I totally haven't seen. Oh, but it's I'm eight bit, so that's that's going to cost an absolute fortune for anyone not in the US. Yes, um, to pick up sounds about right. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and because it kind of looked, it looked, I liked that it was was a puzzler, but looked like it had a bit more to it than just being a puzzler. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's like a it's like a puzzler, but also with a some kind of story element to it. Yep. Exactly. Um, so I'll I'll see how I get on with it. I'll probably I love I love puzzle games over over Christmas. Um, so I'll probably give it some time over the Christmas break. Um, I'll probably not mention in this, but I'll probably also be picking up Picross S5 to play over <laughs> the Christmas break, which will surprise absolutely no one who knows me. No, you um, do love to power through I do like, a I do like game. indeed, and I do like kind of you know when you're sat on the sofa with someone watching a film, or whatever. It's it's the kind of game I can play without it being too diverting from yeah from what's going on the telly, a puzzler. So it's a perfect time of year for me to pick one up. I thought uh, very very valet looked like a, a a fun bout of chaos in a sort of very overcooked style. Um, that was the uh, driving party game, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I can imagine that's probably a lot of fun to play with a couple of people. Yeah, I can see this article we're looking at actually describes it as, quote, joining an ever-increasing roster of ordinary jobs turned party game, end quote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there was the removal one the like yes. a few months ago, so... Yeah. And wasn't there, wasn't there an office-based type one as well? There is an office-based one where you have to like destroy things in the office. Yes. I can't remember what it's called. There's the one with the ski lifts, which I guess is is less of an ordinary job, mm-hmm. maybe. But like, yeah, there's various. Oh, it various depends on where you live. Ski, <laughs> ski. You might be really this bored of skiing this if is you very lived true. In, the, in the Alps, maybe. Be like, um, just another ski lift. I mean, I I, I, I also wanted to <laughs> highlight like the probably misleading title of the year award goes to Happy Game. <laughs> um, oh my god because that game looks fucked yeah. up um yeah. and yeah my god it looks so messed up um and yeah it's described as a psychedelic horror experience by um the developer and that's uh, and the thing is psychological horror i can get on board with it's just gore i find a put off in games generally speaking yeah. um i'm the complete opposite gore no problem in, in all sorts of medium media gore no problem psychological stuff keeps me up at night so um <laughs> yeah no i just took a look at it and i was just like this just looks far too disturbing for me to be even remotely interested <laughs> in I'm, I'm intrigued but I, I so it would keep me up at night am i safe to say ruben following your uh, review of celeste last week you're probably not going to be in the market for super meat boy forever probably not no <laughs> Uh, I have played Super Meat Boy. It is just as frustrating frustrating to me as Celeste is. So, no. No, I will not be playing Super Meat Boy forever. Um, I mean, let's be honest. The big, the really big winner from this, Among Us. Yeah. Yep. Um, Announced for Nintendo Switch, released on the same day, and then almost immediately upstaged by Microsoft saying, it's also coming to uh, Xbox Live and it's included with um, Game Pass. Mm. It's just, I mean, um, I think it was you, Will, that shared a news article saying that November had like half a billion players. Yeah, it's now, in fact, we got it from lovely, lovely... uh... Ryan, aka at Toads Anime, tweeted it. Um, it had half a billion active players in November, making it the most popular game ever in terms of monthly players. Half a half fucking a billion. billion. That is. That's like what? What? That's like, like a fourteenth. Yeah. Of the world, one fourteenth of the population played Among Us during November. That's in. That's one in fourteen people in the world played. That's in. That's insane. Um, 
Um, it does seem like it's it's the one thing I will say is I I tried to play it with my colleagues during our Christmas thing, um, and so many people were having connection issues. So I wonder if it is currently being a bit of a victim of its own success. Probably, um, and they probably need to put a bit more into the servers. Uh, so we went off and played Jackbox instead because we just had too many people who couldn't connect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like it's, I mean, for one, it's a very it's a very simple concept executed very well. Oh um, yes. For two, it being on Switch is a massive. It, that that's, I have no doubt that's going to increase the player base by quite a significant amount. And it's not expensive either. Like it's four pound fifty, I think, on Switch, which is fuck all. That's that's nothing really. Yeah, that's it's. I think it's the same price as the the. Steam I think it's a bit more expensive than the Steam because the Steam's three ninety nine. Okay. Um, but, but that's an extra but that's, 50p but it's still what? nothing like you could double dip on that game and have change from a tether like that's that that that's incredible really um, I have double dipped on that game and having it on <laughs> having it on Switch is far more accessible than having it tied to your laptop or whatever yeah yeah and also let's not forget we discussed um, a, f- a couple of episodes ago that um, they've announced plans to bring an account system and things along mm-hmm. so um It'll be interesting to see what they tie to that, but it's presumably going to make it much easier for people to switch from platform to platform, assuming that it's it's going to carry some kind of statistics or something with it, so you can kind of track how you're doing it. Or or Um, uh, cosmetics, because you can buy cosmetics in the game as well, and being able to transfer those between platforms would mean that you're only paying on one platform to get, like, whatever, I don't know, hat you wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as as they pointed out as well, it's also going to be used to help them ban... Um, ban. Why is my brain escaping me? Something cheaters, um, abusive players, and cheaters. Yeah, yeah. it's going to help them ban ban people who are abusive as well. So, um, presumably, by linking it to an account, it's going to mean you can't just pick up another device and go back to being abusive so easily. I mean, that's yeah. a good that's a good call in itself. Um, because I can't like I've not had any abusive players when I played it because I've always played it with friends. So, um, ditto. But. I've not played with with randoms. That all. doesn't mean that they don't exist. And if there is a way of removing those, then good. <laughs> yeah, and and to make it um to be clear, Mark, to what you said about um, Microsoft upstaging them, uh, Among Us has immediately come to Game Pass for PC, um, and they've announced that it will be hitting Game Pass for Xbox in 2021 so nintendo presumably does have some degree of console exclusivity yeah. for a short period yeah well i think that's pretty much everything um except i have a little surprise for you guys oh um, okay it's a little christmas surprise do you both have your phones to hand yes i do i am gonna send you each a little Christmas present I've arranged for each of you. So bear with me. Am I going to hate this? This is so intriguing. You are not, you are not going to hate this. I hope you're both going to love this. Because um, this is something that popped into my head the other day. And I thought, this will be great. So He's actually bought you a copy of Celeste on every platform. <laughs> so uh, Thanks, I'm going to send Ruben to him first. And then I will send... Um, I will send Will's second. So there you go, Ruben. And. <laughs> oh, that is excellent. I'm so on tenterhooks now. And there you go, Will. There's yours. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> So, Reuben, if you could just describe to the listeners what I've just sent you. Um, I'm, pre- I'm presuming this was commissioned from um, our good friend, Chanacabra. It was, yes. Yes. So, Mark has commissioned me, as in my avatar for the podcast, my, my quiz at Play Avatar, as Zagreus from Hades. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks incredible. Oh, I want to see yours. I don't know how well you can see that on my camera. No, it's not working fine. I'll look forward to seeing it on Twitter or Discord very, very shortly. Um, and Mark has commissioned for me um, my chibi 
as um, Link from Link's Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Which people will, will well know is absolutely by... And in fact, in fact, there's... there's there we go. I, I do have to. Ad- I do have to admit the um, that one's working. The, 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 on camera. the terrible photoshopping onto the backgrounds was done by me. <laughs> that, that it's not chat. terrible. It is not terrible whatsoever. <laughs> it's filled me with joy. <laughs> so that's oh, my that's my you, little Mark. Christmas present to you each. Oh, that is amazing! Thank you so much for that. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we know what's going to be my um, my profile picture for a while. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The moment the moment December's over, no, Christmas is over, and I can change from my um, from my wintry one. That's fucking going up. Excellent. I'm glad you. <laughs> I'm glad you both liked it. Um, so that has been this week's episode of Queer at Play, Quiz at Play, should I say? Um, Join us on Twitter at Queers at Play or join our Discord, discord.queersatplay.com. And Otherwise, because this, because this is actually going to be the last episode we record before that, have a great Christmas, everyone. Yes. Yeah, and we will be we will be back between Christmas and New Year, hopefully, with a special Games of the Year edition. The so discourse will... is going to be strong in that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we will probably see you next week. Bye. Have a great Christmas, everyone. Meow, meow. Have a good Christmas. Bye-bye. <laughs>